looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. If I put my arm horizontally like this, usually when we're dealing with certain issues, we see them as one person against another person. Something happened, people are involved, and that's why you have those inner hurts, whatever's happened. If you stay like this, you're going to be leveled out. On the other hand, what I would like to suggest for you to do is now is the time to take the offender and the offense and refocus it upon God's will. Now watch my other arm, and I'm going to say you need to put it upright with the Lord. And if you'll notice what you have here is you have the cross. If you could write that or see that, then you're going to remember Jesus Christ went to the cross. He knew what those people were doing and he knew who was behind those people, which would be Satan. But at the same time, there was a trust factor. Now go back to the worship folder you have in front of you with the notes because I want to show you a verse I've taken from 2 Peter. What is so interesting is chapter, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 2. Chapter 2 and chapter 4 go so well together. Look at verse 23 because this is what he did in the same context that's talking about how that he suffered. Here's what he did. Jesus did not retaliate when he was insulted. Now I want you to grab that and own that. Think about the times that you have been insulted. Maybe over a parking place, maybe something on the job, maybe something on the ball field. In some measure, you were insulted. Here it says he did not retaliate. Now, he didn't do it verbally against those people, and I'm sure he could have called down a thousand angels and wiped them out. And any one of us that have any creative juices in some chutzpah, we could look at those things too and find some way not to get mad, but to get what? Even, all right? But he didn't do that. Then it says, when he suffered. So he didn't deny that there was suffering going on. And I'm not here trying to encourage you to deny that you have inner hurts. You, were, you got a raw deal. Accept it. It happened to you. And I truly am. So sorry for any of that pain. But it goes on to say here, it says, he did not threaten to get even. I like the way that translation puts it. So he didn't try to figure out a way to bring that other person down or to at least have that other person experience the same amount of pain that that person made you feel. So he did not threaten to get even. And here's what you want to see. It says, he left his case. You could say he left his cause in the hands of God. Would you circle that phrase, he left his case? And then underline the phrase, in the hands of God. Now I'm going to tell you, that's what you have to own. And you can easily do it. It's easy as pie. Because it's done in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's done because Jesus did it. You and I are a partaker of His divine nature. So everything that's what Christ is in us, we can do this. So what did it say? He left His case, that raw deal, in the hands of God. Then go on, it says, who always judges fairly. It doesn't mean we have to judge the other person, condemn the other person, get even with the other person, and perhaps even um, punish the other person. But what we do is we say, Lord, this is our case. We're giving it to you, Lord. It is in your hands. Now you take it and you deal with that person. I'm walking away from it because you are, and another translation says, you are the righteous judge. It goes on to say in that passage, as you'll see, that when he did that with the righteous judge, there was a release that was there. So perhaps for some of you right now, what you're going to need to do, maybe one more time and hopefully now, the last time, take that case. And for some of you that have lived a long time, you might have multiple cases. And will you do this? Will you give it to the Lord and leave it there, trusting Him as the righteous judge 
So what you can do now is once again get a good night's sleep. So once again you have the fullness of God and the fullness of power in your life so that you can now move forward. If not, that situation is like a ball and chain and you are trapped in bondage. So let it go. I like this next verse. What an encouraging verse. Look at your worship folder again. Psalm 56, 8. It says this. Would you read it out loud with me? You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Now, if you want to, circle the word track. You kept track, collected, and recorded all my sorrows and all my tears. So what the psalmist is saying is, you know the raw deals that I have, Lord. You saw me weep. You saw my pain. But whatever I went through, you went through it with me. So you recorded it all. You're keeping track of all of this stuff. All my sorrows, all my tears, it is all with you. Which now you have Old Testament agreeing with New Testament. Then when you go through these things, give it to the Lord. He already knows about it anyway. Do I hear a witness on that? So leave it with him. And that's all we have to do. I like Romans 15, 13 because this would be... I believe, a good indication that your inner wounds are beginning to heal. Look at it. Here's what it says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. So circle the word joy. And peace. Circle the word peace. As you trust in Him so that you may overflow with the hope. Circle the word hope. Joy, peace, hope. And how do you do it? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you will, look up here for a moment. I began this significant point here about refocusing on the Lord and His will. Remember? And I said, what you need to do when you have this going against you and you have all of this pain, you need to take this and give it to the Lord by trusting Him. Put it in God's hands. He already knows about it. This verse says, when you trust the Lord with all of this, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will have joy, peace, and hope. So if you'd like to know, how are you doing with that inner pain? You might look at this verse to see... Well, are you trusting Him? Have you given it to the Lord? Maybe you've even come as far to say, Lord, I also want to say thank you for allowing this to happen to me. Because through this, it's making me stronger and better and frankly, more closer to you. And so, Lord, I really love you for that. Well, let's look at number three. It's very similar to number two. This one is to look to the future. So let go of the offender and the offense. Secondly, live focused on God's will. And the third is to look to the future. Now this is a long passage. It has a lot of meat in here and we could spend a lot of time unpacking this, but I just want to cover a couple of thoughts in here. So if you will look at the long passage and let me just read it very quickly and just draw your attention to the underlying portions. Here's what it says. You have had enough in the past of the evil things. So in other words, you saw what's happened in the past and then it goes through a whole litany of stuff of what the world did and what you were like, like the world and you don't want to be like the world. So you've had enough of the past. So look up here for a moment. Could you come to a point now to say, you know what? I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of feeling this pain from this past. I've seen it in the past. I've lived in the past. I've, 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 um, I've allowed it to exacerbate in my life in the past. So I'm going to leave it in the past now. Now continue. Then it says, the end of the world is coming soon. So my big question to you is, do you believe that we're in the last days? I believe we are living in the last days. 
All I have to do is watch CNN or Fox News or read the newspaper and whether we're in the last days economically, politically, socially, religiously, it doesn't matter. I can see things happening that things are not getting better. They are most definitely getting worse. So as I look to the future, it says, therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Would you underline that last phrase and mark it? So in other words, I need to look to the future and strengthen my prayer life with him. I like what Job says here in chapter 11, verse 13 through 16. And here's what he says. If only you would prepare your heart and lift up your hands to him in prayer. Get rid of your sins. In this case, it might be that bitterness in your heart over the pain you have. And leave all iniquity behind you. Then your face will brighten in innocence and you'll be strong and free of fear. You'll forget your misery. And some of you know what I mean. And it will all be gone like water under the bridge. I sure like the way that it says that. So how do I focus on the future? Well, it's not that difficult. I really believe it's just a time when you cry out to the Lord. Some of you are saying it is so hard to look to the future when I still have this in the past. And for some of you that are, are, are out there and you're saying, why? It shouldn't be that hard. Just get rid of it. Uh, let me explain why it could be hard to some people. Some of them are financially in such a state right now because they have trusted someone with their investment that lied to them or swindled them. Some of them are living in a home that they were sold a bill of goods. Some of them have a car. Some of them have a relationship that they started that they thought was all good only to find out that this person defrauded them when they got married and so now they got issues and they have to do that every single day. So it can be difficult for those because they have to still live with the results or consequences of that. Now some of you are hearing that and you're saying, man, there is no hope now. I mean, I'll never, I can't get rid of this, can't stop that. I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm enslaved to this. And I want you to know, no matter how bad it gets outwardly, I want you to know the Lord still knows what you're going through and you can cry out unto him. Look at the verse I've given to you in Psalm 34. It says this, the righteous cry out. So my question to you is, in your inner pain, have you yet cried out to the Lord? I don't mean thought about God, thought about the Bible, thought about the problem. Talk to everybody else in the world about it. But have you really talked to the Lord about it? And not just whine to God, but you go to the Lord and you cry out and say, Oh God, this hurts. Oh God, I'm carrying this. Oh God, I don't know what good is going to come from this. Lord, I'm crying out to you. That's what the psalmist did. goes on and it says here, And the Lord hears, and I love this part, and he delivers them out of all of their troubles. Now, the unfortunate thing possibly is it doesn't say when he delivers them. Sometimes the when he delivers them out of their troubles is when he finally expire on planet Earth and go to heaven. Some of it might be years down the road. Some of it might be that the, the bondage that you're in doesn't change, but your heart bondage to it is set free now. And now you have the freedom to really function in that situation. Are you ready for this? Listen, 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 listen. If you're still resisting What's ever happened in the past and you're resisting letting go of the offender and of the offense and you're resisting refocusing on God's will and you're resisting looking to the future. I'm going to tell you the longer you resist God, it's going to destroy your creative spirit for what God wants to now use through that hurt that you have. So what you've got to do is quit fighting God. Be willing to be raised up on a cross and still have all your songs say, near my God to thee. Some of you are saying, I I've dealt with it and I still struggle with it. How come? I guess my question would be, would, would be simply this, and I, I want to say this in love, so, so no, if I, I wish I could put my arm around you. How are you dealing with it? 
Some people deal with it. They try to spell relief from this pain, S-E-X. Some are doing it D-R-U-G-S. Some spell relief activities. Some deal with it through more involvement. Some deal with it going from relationship to relationship. Others do it with just two letters, T-V. And he goes on and on and on. I'm going to tell you that whatever it is, that those kinds of things can become very addictive. Secondly, they never really work. And finally, they actually can make matters worse because you're neglecting the actual cure that can help you, which is a deep intimacy with the Lord. And that's why the whole context of my passage today from 1 Peter 4 deals with get rid of that old life of that sin don't try to deal with it from a secular point of view a worldly view look at it from a biblical christian worldview keep your focus on the lord well i want to end with this last point this is going to sound very pragmatic now the first three deals with your mind it deals with your relationship with the lord this deals with your relationship with the lord but from a practical point of view so i want you to know this i give you this practical point some of you can still do all of this and still not deal with your problem. And I'd like you to make sure you've got to do the other three first before you do this. But if you do the other three and not this, I don't think you'll have a full healing from your inner wound. So here's number four. And that is locate supporting relationships. Locate supporting relationships. Go back to the passage. Verse 8 through 10 says this. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. Would you take the word continue and somehow mark it in your Bible? It means don't just do it once in a while. It means a lifestyle of this. Continue to show deep love for each other. Sometimes when you get hurt, and I get hurt from other people, the natural thing to do is to cocoon, which means to not get around other people. People get hurt in one church, what do they do? They leave that church, they go to another one. And they get hurt in that church, they go to another one, instead of practically dealing with it. It happens in marriage. I got burned out of this marriage, and so I'll never get married again. I got burned on this sports team. I won't get involved in sports any longer. I got burned on this job. I'll quit this job, try another one. So in other words, we always run from it, and we can't do that. Now the point is, I need to continue to show love. I need to make sure that I'm still thinking about the needs of others. Notice what it says. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home. And I could say in your context, your heart with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them so well that God's generosity can flow through you. Here's what I would say. If you want to say it very simply, just get your eyes off yourself and put it around other people. We need other people in our life because they're the ones that are going to help us. They're going to let us know that we're still loved. We still have meaning in life. We're still needed. We're still wanted. We still care for one another. Do you know why I value small groups? It's because when you go to a small group, like a connection group, and we have them on Friday nights, Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings here, when you go to those groups, yes, you are getting good, valuable, biblical information. No doubt about it. And if you're not, then get into one that does. But if you are getting that, the real strength is also going to come when you have a connectivity to the people that are in your group with you. And so small groups, to say it simply as this, is a place to love others, but it's also a place to be loved. I hope your small group is of such spiritual mindset that should you not be there on a particular day or time and you didn't notify people that you weren't coming, 
that they would immediately have someone in the group or people in the group that would reach out and call you to find out where you are. And then I hope that if you're in a small group yourself, that if you're not going to be there, you just don't show up. You call and say why you're not coming and why you can't come. If not, then why are you going anyway? Is it just, I've got to be at the meeting? Or is it because you care for the people and you're sorry you're not able to be there as an opportunity maybe to share something? And maybe if it's not sorry, at least that you're concerned about not being able to be there and you let them know that. Because small groups are a place for you to be healed. A place where you can let your hair down and genuinely know someone up close and personal what they're going through and to see that everything is okay. I like what it says here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 in this particular translation. It says, it, it says, you should not stay away from your church meetings. Instead, meet together and encourage each other. I circle meet together and encourage. You can meet together and not encourage. And then secondly, you can encourage, but if you're not meeting with anybody, who are you going to encourage? You need them together. And so that's why we encourage you to do that. So my suggestion is get involved in the small group study. And then finally, get involved in ministry. And the reason I like to get involved in the ministry is because I'm finding most church ministries are not Lone Ranger. There's always someone else in the ministry with you, whether you work in the nursery, whether you work in the library, whether you work as an usher, whether you sing in the praise team, whether you teach a class with kids, or whether you work with the youth, or whether you help on our building. Whatever you do, you're generally not a Lone Ranger all about you. And so while you get in a small group to grow into love, you get into a ministry so you can do service with the people that you love. And together that begins to let you know that you are needed and that you have biblical value and that that was the past and now you can move forward to the future. And so Jesus says, come to me all you that labor, heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Well, my friends, I believe that you have four neat little simple points that are all biblical but I'm hoping now, whatever pain you're going through, you can kind of lift up your head for a moment, look at those truths and say, Lord, I am sick and tired of being emotionally sick and tired, and I want to work on these. And so, Lord, I want to thank you for that first point. I am going to let go of the offender and the offense because I'm going to refocus on you and trust you to take care of them. And then I'm going to look to the future to know that that was in the past. I'm going to leave what was in the past, the past. I'm going to cut that chain and I'm going to move forward in prayer and say, Lord, I want to thank you for what I've learned. But now what I've learned, I'm going to build on that as a solid foundation so I could do more for you in the future. So I'm going to look to you and get rid of that past life. And then, Lord, I want to get involved in small groups so I can encourage someone else that might be going through pain and they haven't learned yet how to overcome that inner healing. And I have. And so, Lord, I thank you for teaching this to me. And I'm going to teach it to them. And I'm going to get in a small group to get to know somebody. I'm going to get involved in a ministry here at this church. So together, we could especially look out to other people that have a need. Because I want us all to be near my God to thee. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I know we didn't have any real new guests here today. And I thank you for those that are here. And Every Sunday we do, but just in case you've been coming pretty regularly or you slipped in after we got started, I want you to know that whatever inner pain that you have right now, I'm sorry for that. But I want to assure you that God offers to you full forgiveness for whatever has happened. Some of you might be thinking, you know, the reason I have this pain is because I did some things to hurt other people and I, I kind of unleashed a whirlwind against me and now it's really hurting me for what I've done. 
and I'm having to live with the consequences of my own sinful wrong choices. And some of you might feel like I'm so hopeless in this and man, I, I'll never get out of this and I'll never get to heaven. Can God ever forgive me? I just want you to know that when Jesus was on that same cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. There were two thieves, one on each side as we know. And one of the thieves said, this man doesn't deserve this, we deserve this. And basically was looking to Christ as the Messiah, the Lord God, Savior. And Jesus said to him, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Which means even that thief who is dying alongside of Christ for something he did deserve. Jesus said, I could forgive them. So I don't know what your background is and all the pain that you have might be because of your causing. But I want you to know the Lord loves you and he says, I'll forgive you of all that sin. It's not based on whether you tell me you'll change your life or do something different. But if you come to me just as that thief who could not be baptized, could not do religious things, could not do social things, could not do one iota except look to Christ, he said, I forgive him. And so right now you need to look, 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 look at Jesus Christ. When Christ died on the cross, that act, he was paying for sin. And so you look to Christ in your mind as the one who died 2,000 years ago on the cross for your sin and rose again. And he says, I'll forgive you of all your sin. Would you come to him right now and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I know I've done things wrong. And no matter what good deed I do myself, I'll never get to heaven. So Lord, I'm coming to you freely for your forgiveness. And Jesus says, I'll forgive you of all sin. Now, yes, you should live a different life not to get saved or to get his forgiveness, but as a way to say thank you for being forgiven. Maybe today is the day you're ready to do that. You're ready to say, Lord, I'm trusting you as my Savior, and you'd like for me to pray for you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, is there anyone that would uplifted hand let me know that you're trusting Christ? Now, raising your hand, my praying for you won't save anyone at all. Christians, how many of you would say that you've had some inner pain in your life, some inner wounds. And today, the Lord was speaking to you. And there's some things that you and the Lord are going to work out. It's going to be between you and Him. But you'd like for me to pray for you. And I'm not going to try to guess what those inner wounds are and how you got them or how long you had them. I, we all have them. We're all in this room that's got them. The real question is, is who's going to deal with them? And you'd like for me to remember you in prayer because you know that this is something you want to get past because the longer you have it, the worse it's going to get for you and others like those ping pong balls under the water. You can't hold it down for very long. And you're ready now to do business with the Lord. And you'd like for me to pray for you. Would you slip up your hand? Is there anyone at all? Put it up. Amen. 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 Our gracious Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for being such a good God and that you are the wonderful counselor. You have the counsel of the word and your spirit is here to bear witness with your word and you to help come within us to help us to deal with these. And so Lord, the first thing we want to do is say thank you for all things and in all things for this is the will of God. This has happened to us. You are sovereign. You love us. We don't have to understand why, but we know you did it. And we love you, Father. And so we're saying we hurt, but we say thank you for it. And Lord, too long we have carried the offender and the offense and have had hatred, anger, animosity, and bitterness about life and sometimes even said it to you, Lord, about you. 
we're confessing that and we're releasing those people and we're releasing that offense to you, Lord, because we're refocusing on you. It is your will that we trust you. So we cast our case on you into your hands, the righteous judge. And then, Lord, we look to the future now with our, our sins forgiven and this behind us and, and we're going to now seek a new life in you. And so, Lord, help us now to locate other believers, to not only fellowship with them, but to love them and to help them, be encouraged by them faithfully. And then, Lord, help us to have a ministry to those that are on the cutting edge of being lost and absolutely need you. For, Father, no matter what problem, what pain we have, it's absolutely nothing compared to the lostness of a person without Christ who'll spend eternity separated from you. So, Father, help us to show them to look to the healer and no longer to the hurt. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Oh, 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 oh